Let's go. Oh, man. What a weekend. There, uh, Two funny things happened this weekend. Number one, I nearly completely lost my voice, which happens twice a year during the softball season, usually. Sometimes it's in the World Series. Like, for instance, if uh, UCLA wouldn't have rallied to beat OU in that uh, seventh inning in 2019, thanks to the dramatic game-tying home run from Shea Knighton, I probably wouldn't have been able to call the next game. (laughs) There was a pretty good chance that I was done. But I was doing the uh, Straight Out of Vegas show Saturday night into Sunday morning, and we we came close to a point, Josh, where I was like, hey, guys, I might be at riding shotgun this segment. I need one segment. But somehow we got through. Went with a, I went with a little lower, uh, what's it called, timber. Went a little lower, talked a little softer, tried to stay chilled out. And like Toby Rowland has taught me, the vocal cord is a muscle. It gets stronger the more you use it. So I was feeling good by last night's show, and I'm ready to roll. How are you, Josh Helmer? Standing by in the Brown morning Studios. Happy Monday to you. I am doing fantastic. Fresh off a great Mother's Day with the fam. Nice. A Doctor Strange weekend. And? A bedlam sweep. And? Doctor Strange? Uh, it was okay. I need details. Can we break early? We may. <laughs> I need details. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It was a fun. My mom came in town. We, I mean, I'm 47 now. And so my parents are getting a little older, but I've never, well, I shouldn't say never. I haven't been with my mom in her presence on Mother's Day. Gosh, in probably like 25 years. I mean, so it had been a minute, and so here's how we celebrated. It was very, very special celebration. I'm sure that kids will be talking about it for years, and I'm sure it's something that uh, my sister will be able to have as a, see, I'm, I'm a better host than he is kind of a situation because my precious dog Tater got bit by a bee or something on Sunday morning, and we quickly found out that he is very allergic to that. And he's a Frenchie. So, what's that? I need to ask Pat Dunn for a good analogy on this. The Frenchies are kind of like Millhouse on The Simpsons. I know that's an older reference, but remember, he was always allergic to everything, and he was like always sick or something. That's a Frenchie. It's like a very high-maintenance friend that always has something wrong with them. It's like, hey, the gloomy Gusses, right? We all have them. It's like, man, how's it going? Oh, dude, it's just my – I've got this, this thing with my, my right nostril – what? How, are you good? Oh, God, I've had this elbow thing and I can't even sleep. Those are like Frenchies, right? Very high maintenance. So, right as we were getting ready to leave for a little Sunday brunch, we realized we've got to get this thing to doggy emergency room ASAP. Is Tater okay? To put a very abrupt end of the story, yes, he's fine. But there were some funny comments that people sent me on on Instagram because I decided to use the gram and uh, someone said, your dog looks like he got into someone's stash. 
I'm going to show you a picture during the break. And had the red eyes cooking, bro. It was scary. I mean, I'm sitting there. I in my mind as we're driving to this animal hospital, or it, I, it's a veterinary. As we're driving there, I'm like, there is a chance I'm going to have to go back and tell my kids that this dog didn't make it. And like, so I'm preparing myself sure. for that as I watch his whole body swell up. But he was fine. What did they? What did they do? Did they give? It's very, very magic, very magic pill, Josh. And you know, I understand that this might be of a shock to some people, but uh, I mean, they have a secret formula, something called Benadryl. Ben? Yeah, they gave him Benadryl. Is what they did, and he was and he fine. was good. Yeah, he's fine. The swelling went down. They had, they had to shave a little area to kind of check where the, I guess, where he got stung. They initially thought it was a snake bite. And then that freaked me out even more because, okay, dog's going to die. And then I've got to deal with a killer snake somewhere in my yard. Right? Scary stuff. But Tater's okay. Tater's good. I'm happy. I was very nervous. And so then, you know, we're two hours kind of going through this process. And, and I'm not complaining because – Thank you to the fact that there's actually an animal hospital open on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. On Mother's Day. But, yeah, we uh, we got back just in time. We're like, oh, all right, uh, he's okay. We're going to pick him up in a little bit. And my mom's like, well, we're going to go now. So I'm the worst son in the world, but the dog is is alive. Here's but that's f- a Mother's Day memory right. none of us will soon forget. H- here's the funniest part of it is my mom hates dogs. Like, literally does not like dogs. So it's almost like a double whammy. I am leaving. Literally, as everyone's like, all right, you got your stuff, got your bags, let's go. You look down, it's like, something's wrong with Tater. And boom, we're off. So that threw my Sunday into a tailspin. That and I'm not a big F1 guy, so ESPN cramming the Formula One stuff down my throat. I'm just, that's not my game. And I don't get it. But I'll, I'll watch. I mean, to me, NASCAR is infinitely more exciting. Why? Because you like the reality show about it. I mean, that's what Gabe swears by. It. And I haven't watched the reality show yet. And I'm going to. I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not a big F1 guy. I never have been. It's like soccer. I'm just, I'm not someone that's waking up at five in the morning on a Sunday and going, yeah, let's go, baby. Why? In WA. What if, you know, it's just, I, that's not me. Man, ESPN crammed that down your throat a lot. I will say I had to laugh a little bit about the um, Patrick Mahomes slash Paolo Boncaro interview mishap. Yeah, a little bit of a slip up. Did there. you follow any of that, by the way, on social media? Oh, I saw it. Yeah. How it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. Like this guy's, this guy's really bad at his job because he knew zero. Or maybe that's unfair. This guy has, and and I probably shouldn't say anything because I'd be that same way if I was walking through a, um, I guess you could say a lineup walk, and I'm having to talk to superstars from overseas. I'd be like, I got no idea who you are. You know who else isn't very good at their jobs? Go ahead. Like the the camera folks or the producer. Anyone to help my boy. Yeah, I mean, can anybody like tell this guy? It's Paulo Boncaro. That is not Patrick Mahomes. Is anybody around have any idea? They do the real quick, not to belabor the point because I want to get to softball here. But Michael Waltrip does this in NASCAR. 
or at least I, I won't lie, I, I don't think I've had time to watch a NASCAR pre-race recently, so I don't know if it's still a thing. But he used to, they'd go up and down the lineup of cars, and they they talk to the celebrities, and they talk to maybe a couple of drivers, and be real uncomfortable, kind of really bad dad humor. So it's something they do in F1 that's like what NASCAR does, only no one was there to help my guy out. Not a soul. Hello, Mahomes. <laughs> Do you know his first name? Uh, well, let's talk softball. He must be a like a little bit of a jerk or something. Maybe so. And everybody's like, ah, just let's embarrass him. Okay, so on this Monday, now that I've got all the announcements and all the personal stuff and the things that kind of grinded my gears this weekend out of the way, here's how I envision the show rolling today. Um, I've got a lot of softball stuff I want to get to. We talked to, to Patty post-game last night. We talked to all the, I guess you could say, major players after the game on Friday. And it was really cool to see that celebration. I, I've joked a lot on this program that early on when things would happen like this, like Oklahoma would win a Big 12 championship or Oklahoma would win its regional. It was just a there's bigger there's bigger things in front of us. And not to say that that's not the case here, but there wasn't like a big celebration. You won a Big 12 title, you held up the Bedlam trophy, you got your picture with the trophy, got some hugs, took some pictures, maybe fireworks go off, boom. You're signing autographs and doing media stuff. I loved Friday night because and I was talking to Mindy, Nicole Mendez about this before the show on Saturday. I really think, Josh, that it's an indication of just how much this team really enjoys each other and how close they truly are because they wanted to celebrate kind of checking off goal number one. And in the pantheon of team-oriented goals, I'm not privy to those. <laughs> Patty doesn't come to me and say, hey, here's goal number one. You know, get to this number, goal number two. And, and everyone has individual goals. So in, in my mind, in my mind, <laughs> is that really what happened? In my mind, Josh, the, the idea, the idea that I have my own personal checklist, I want to make it very clear is completely separate from what might be true team-oriented goals. So, in the book of Plank, if you will, Big 12 Championship, Big 12 Tournament Championship, Top 8 Seed, then win Regional, win Super Regional, World Series. So, that's goal number one, right? Checked off. I think this team is going to embrace accomplishing those goals even more than they have in the past. And I dig that. I'm sure there's a couple people that you got to really dig because I, I, I think it's a very small kind of sand-like particle. There's somebody like, oh, I don't get that. But it was, it was a really awesome couple of nights. And it's been a really amazing season. So I thought – I thought Friday night was really awesome to see the way that they embraced it and celebrated it. And then, you know, we've got that Sunday buffer because it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. But And, and then Saturday, they 
I mean, they didn't really necessarily have a, a good start. They fell behind for I – I saw Patrick Dunn's stat. I want to say it was only the fourth time in Big 12 play all season long that they had fallen behind. Just trying to go off the top of my head. But, I mean, it was wild. It was wild to see the environment, and it was wild to see the the fun that this team had in sweeping that series. I don't really know what, what, what more to add. I'm, I'm just, I'm not even kidding. They've accomplished every single goal that they've laid out so far and have done it dominantly. You, I think you really got to dig to find something that you would be quote unquote worried about. It just, I mean, am, am I crazy here? It's almost a disappointment if this team doesn't win a championship. And that is a wildly ridiculous expectation to have. But that shows you how incredible they've been this season. Anything short of the championship series, I think will definitely be viewed as this team underachieving. Which is wild. I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. (laughs) Think about how good you have to be to elicit that kind of expectation. No, I mean, no doubt. But that's kind of what happens when... I don't know, say you win your first 38 games and then <laughs> lose one and win the next 10. Oh, and by the way, you're the the defending national champion with a bunch of those same parts back and might have gotten better in the circle. You, it, It's kind of funny. Might have gotten better. They, they have gotten they have better been. in the cir- circle. Um, it's funny because, dude, I want to break. Because I, I think there is one angle you can take on this that's kind of interesting. Well, I'm, listen, every angle to me is interesting. But I think that can kind of transcend other sports whenever you're looking for something to, to dive into and, and, and really nerd out on. And I want to get to that next. We got recruiting news, Josh. Listen, we have to carve out some time to talk recruiting. I was listening to Parker Thune. Perhaps you've heard of him. Steelman and Thune, right here on The Ref. Rock star of The Ref and of uh, OU Insider. Parker's on noon to three. He and Tyler McComas have a show that is a really good listen. And I got to admit, I'm pretty juiced for the start of the show today at noon. Not just to hear Steelman's run down to the biggest stories. I want to know how this weekend went. I have social media, and it seemed like there was a lot of dudes on campus. And Parker left – well, I, I shouldn't say left the air. He left me on a nice little cliffhanger about the weekend because he's, he was talking about a quarterback and a wide receiver in the transfer portal that would for sure be on campus this weekend. And I was like – Oh, who could it be? You start thinking about people in the in the portal. Who who Gary Bohannon? He's in the portal. Um and then he kind of I want to say he doubled down on it, Josh, because he then added you Sooner fans would know both of these guys. Now, we learned of at least one of them. Now maybe the message board or um all the all the websites that covered the Sooners have have hit this and I just missed it. But the receiver was L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, 
the Arizona State transfer, who hilariously, not not this isn't an LV thing, but on three sports had to have one of the worst tweets I've ever seen in trying to promote. Did you see this? No. I, I, and as a matter of fact, full disclosure, I had a retweet to this and I tagged the kid. But then I deleted it because I didn't I, – I don't know. I, I just – I don't want to be in a situation where I'm beefing with a recruiting Twitter feed and I could get in trouble for anything. I like to stay under the radar, Josh. That's my plan. It's a good plan. But before we break, at On3Sports tweets, former Arizona State receiver L.V. Bunkley Shelton thanked the Oklahoma football staff in a social media post Saturday night following an official visit with the Sooners this weekend. Read – what he tweeted here. Now, what's funny is they took down their original tweet because the original tweet said, read what he tweeted for free here. <laughs> like, Twitter is free. So, but so we learned that at the very least, LV Bunkley Shelton was in town. But did we ever find out who that quarterback was? Was it Gary Bohannon? That'd be great if it was. Well, he decided last night that he was going to USF, our South Florida. I know UCF just wants to be UCF. I don't think South Florida has taken that tact yet. But he chose South Florida last night, and I would have to imagine that if you're choosing South Florida and Oklahoma was in the mix, either you'd realize that you're not going somewhere, you got no chance, or South Florida had promised uh, a starting opportunity in the moon. Not, I'm not talking NIL, but just in general. So, a wild recruiting weekend that appeared to go really well. We know of the wide receiver in the transfer portal. We know there was a couple of other potential portal guys that were there. I haven't listened to Teddy and Gabe. They may have been all over it uh, in their podcast. But just a big recruiting weekend. And at a time when if you need, if you need commitments to feel good about things, this isn't a time for you, right? And I don't know what that means long-term. I don't know if it's something we just have to get used to. But I'll say this much. Across the board, you see just nothing but positive reactions to this. And I mean the approach that Oklahoma's football coaches have taken to recruiting, the commitment to the holistic approach. It's really fun to see the reactions on social media. It really is. Now, will it equal in players and commitments? You hope. Take a time out. It's a plank show right here on the ref. What? Is this real? What? Welcome back into the plank show. Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. B- BFC? What's going on, BFC? How are you this morning, man? What do you mean, is this real? I- Geez, you're the only guy that I can I can express my feelings on the air with now. We've turned into sports text 1400 here. Hey, how about my man, Teddy Lehman, the Butka star, my good friend. He's down to a four-day work week now, and it's not from taking all the phone calls on the station. It's all the texts that wear him out. He's burning calories from looking at all these texts, so he needs a four-day work week now. That's great. (laughs) It's incredible. Hey, so are you going to get on Cameo like my man, Toby Rowland? I mean, it's unbelievable. T. Rowe told me years ago he would never do car commercials. Now he's on Cameo. So I get it. He's a rock star. He's got to make some money doing this Cameo deal. I think it's price gouging what he's doing, though. I saw in the 
in the fine print where he's upcharging people fifty dollars to do a tastefully nude what? cameo appearance. Oh, yes, stop! Uh, yes, yes, tastefully nude, an extra fifty dollars. That's getting you know, especially in the Biden economy. That's uh, that's ridiculous. That's price gouging. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna get on cameo? Nah, I don't think. So. I think you have to be asked to. And I don't think I'm quite to that point where anyone would need me to tell them how great their day is going to be or happy birthday. But I don't know. If you were BFC, what would you charge per video shout-out? I told T. Rowe I think he's undercharging, actually, for really? his cameo. I really do. What's he doing, 50 100 bucks or something? I mean, he's a rock star. You're a, you're a national host. You ought to go 200 250 bucks. I mean, you're going to have people all over the country that listen to you. You know, uh, uh, wanting wanting stuff from you, so I would definitely look rage, into man. that. Of course, you do make a heck of a lot of money now, and you don't need it. So that's, <laughs> yes, that's very fine. rich. That's, that's why pays, you know, that's you, how he pays those vet visits. Yeah, my vet, and, and that's why I'm doing a show at one to five in the morning on Saturday night. That's uh, yeah, loaded. <laughs> that that <laughs> is its own indication. That's, that's a right. fair point. <laughs> So it's been a rough couple of weeks for me, guys, and I know you haven't heard much from me. I'm still recovering from festivities of my anniversary outing and nocturnal uh, event with Miss Cement. Well, I tell you what, I need a pair of those OU recovery boots that cost $1,400 and a new hip. Well, I tell you what, Miss Cement, boy, she can still play four quarters at her age when she has to. I promise you that. Boy, it's been – I am recovering. I'm recovering like – Crazy! It's been a uh, been a rough couple of weeks. Hey, so was was there any mouthing, uh, any controversy with the OU uh, softball chicks? Uh, there should have been from OU's side after, uh, you know, of course, uh, I've not forgotten that those bimbos turned off the scoreboard last year. Remember oh, that right. after after we beat them like a drum up there. That's a good point, Bob. That's a good point, but I don't think that we are allowed to in this society, I use those two terms in describing people. I, do, I don't want you to get canceled on my show, BFC. Well, I quit saying she male softball players years ago okay. on the air because the people in the athletic department got ticked off at me. I mean, I had t- tons of people calling and text me and said, would you please quit calling them she male? So I quit that years okay. ago. But All right. So I tell you, we are, we are shaping up for a World Series with OU and Florida State. And once again, it's going to be tough to defeat Sandercock. But it's coming down. We're, we're going to face Sandercock again, I think. Did you see where she's up for what? The National Player of the Year or Pitcher she's of the Year? She's a very good pitcher. Yes, she is. She is. She, hey, I love you in the Lord. It's time for me to fly. BFC is going to get canceled. What is he doing? Can't say that. I'm uncomfortable right now. I. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I completely forgot about that this week. And the only thing that kind of registered to me, and I think, by the way, I want to make this very clear. I think I've realized there's a lot of things that upset me that don't upset anyone else. Um, I, I'm just, I guess you're fine with OSU fans having seats behind home plate in the biggest series of the year. I guess you're fine with that. I guess you're fine with not standing up and losing your mind in moments when you need to. I guess I guess you're fine with it. Um, I guess you're fine with the fact that they didn't give us the, the, the trophy to celebrate last year in Stillwater. I guess y'all are fine with it. I guess I'm the only one that's mad. But it's kind of funny that BFC brings it up in his re- rather horrific way. That was a... <laughs> That was I was bent about that. I mean, you go back 365 days. I got a little I got a little tongue lashing for that. It's one of the few times I got in trouble. But I was well. I, maybe I let me rephrase that. I got um, I got told to double check a couple of things, which we did. But it still didn't make me any less mad. 
But yeah, it's good. I'd compl- and it's funny, I'd completely forgot about it. You know, that is, I will say, the hardest thing to do is watch an opposing team celebrate anything. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651. Dallas Bill. 3439. Dallas Bill. It was nice to see OSU's response this year when the women won the Big 12 in Bedlam Series this year. Last year it was, hey, get off our field. Yeah, this year it was, all right, well, let's get the heck out of here. You know, I mean, what, what did you expect? Of course they're going to be nicer this year. They're on the road. That is the funniest thing I have. That is the best way to describe that. Hey, congrats on your Big 12 championship. You beat us. Um, hope we see each other again soon. Now, you need to get off our field. We got <laughs> we got to mow this thing. <laughs> Ridiculous. We, we, we got to get this thing raked for our next home game against nobody. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They hosted regionals and super regionals last year. Yeah, we, we got to get it ready for the big regional game coming up. <laughs> you need to get Not off. any day You need soon. to get off the field. I completely forgot about that. Thanks, Dallas Bill. Gosh. Well, that was one of the weaker moves. Well, Let a team celebrate. Now, I, you know, I, I understand you, you don't like a rival, but, uh, you know, just here's, – Here's the only the reason – Let them celebrate. Uh, can I t- the only reason – why your boy was a little bit hot about that last year is because sources had told me that so and I don't know if it was someone who didn't know that maybe they would celebrate when they got home or when they won whatever it might have been but the request was made for hey where's the big 12 championship trophy we want it <laughs> we want to give give me our trophy and they were told no so that was where I was like mine <laughs> give me my trophy in fact i was loaning it to you for the weekend just because you're hosting this year. all i know is if kansas, i care if kansas city can light up the fountains orange and black after losing game seven of the world series <laughs> and letting the giants and their fans have celebrate, their moment yeah then oh dude that's a wild i forgot about that then I, I think after a big 12 championship oklahoma state could have let ou celebrate but hey it's all ancient history somewhat now um from the 402, BFC should be banned. His takes are atrocious. Yeah, I, I, I got a different take that was, wow, BFC from president. Uh, here's one from the 405. Why do you still take calls from BFC? He talks like that every time, but you still let him on the air to be offensive. You're going to lose good listeners like me if I hear him on the show again. Look, Bill, now you're uh, – not Bill, I'm sorry. Now, now you're costing me listeners, BFC. That's problematic. Now, isn't there some legit beef between he and T-Row in the morning? Oh, yeah. Manufactured beef, I think, <laughs> mostly by Bob Pump Cement. But, yeah, there's, there is some beef. Um, there is a really, really, really good question on softball in the Air Comfort Solutions text line that starts with, I hate to put you on the spot, but. So when we come back, I want to address it. Hey, no offense, but we'll address it next. I, I got to tell you something. That's no longer a disclaimer that works. That's the great Bill Parcells line. Hey, no offense, but, and then he said something incredibly offensive. You're like, whoa. <laughs> I don't think that's a disclaimer we can use anymore. Um, top five stories of the day coming up later on. My post game with Patty.
Um, I've got tons of interviews from the field after Friday night's game. I couldn't decide if I just wanted to pick out a few or play the whole thing. So I picked out a few, and I'm going to put the whole thing on the podcast. But it was a fun weekend for Oklahoma softball. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Um, Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. I cannot stop watching Good Morning Football. I think it's the best show on the morning. And you know why I've been in such a good mood today, Josh? Because you know what's not on here in the studio right now? The Brown O'Haver Studios. The debate shows are not on right now. And I'm happy. It's like I'm not seeing him freak out about Jordan Poole or, I guess, Ja Morant. Not seeing anyone like talking about fans out of control and plexiglass whenever I – I don't know about you, but – I think I saw some 13-year-old that was getting yelled at by his mom. Here's a <laughs> here's a really good so, I'm so relaxed relaxed right now. I know that nice. is it, it is relieving to not have to sit through the debate shows and find out about, you know, what next season now means for LeBron and his legacy and all that. Here's a hot hot take debate topic for the debate shows, all right? Right. Is Monty Williams coaching for his job now? Is Monty Williams coaching for his job? Yeah. Probably, I think right? He is. I think he is. Went to the finals last year, 2-0 two, wow. two lead in this series. Now it's all even, two games apiece. But that's neither here nor there. That's that's NBA talk. I mentioned as we went, yeah, that's NBA talk. And you know what I'm not seeing right now, Josh? NBA talk. I've got It's pleasant, isn't it? I've got NFL. I'm watching highlights of Kenneth Walker right now. I've got Sports Center up on the top screen. This is good stuff. Was that the same Oklahoma State fans behind home play? All weekend. I how never they, met. How them. did they get back in? So okay, your choice. I've got the texter who wants to put me on the spot about softball, but someone who brought up the umpires. You want you want to go the umpires real quick? Sure. Okay. Um Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. This was from the 614. Did the ump seem a bit more sensitive than normal? Throwing out the fans behind home plate, not even going to start on OSU fans getting those seats. Thursday. And then you said some OU fans down the baseline on Saturday. Okay. Let, uh, real quick. It was wild. It was wild. Because I think you got, I made my feelings known. And I didn't know who got kicked out. I didn't know what had happened. I mean, on the broadcast, we thought maybe they were sitting in the wrong seats. We did, I, I had no idea. And I was more mad about selling tickets. So these guys get booted, and the umpires had told facilities and security, or at least I had overheard, that it was over something misogynistic that they had said. Now, the whole rumor then became that weekend at Marita Hines Field that he had made a joke about the umpire's height. And in my mind, I mean, I think these were parents. So I don't think that they're going to games to try to start something. But you never know, man. You get a couple too many in you. Right, right. I, but I'm going to, for as critical as I was of, of selling the tickets, I'm going to give them a pass because they were there on Friday and Saturday and didn't nothing happen. We're well behaved, yeah. Right, right, right. So I'm just going to assume that, Either we did have a little oversensitivity behind home plate, or they said something, and 
the umpire either heard it wrong or they said it and they got him out of there. I, I don't know. I don't care. I'm mad that they sold those damn seats, okay? Period. In a discussion on that. On Saturday, I'm watching the game. Well, we're calling the game. And, and I, you're watching. And I'm watching. <laughs> and I notice that Natalie Davis, who is an absolute rock star and one of my, wait, wait for it, favorite people on the planet. I noticed the umpires had, had she was down there talking to the umpires. And they were pointing down the right field line. So, again, I don't know. I'm assuming because we're just vamping. I look down the right field line. I'm like, man, there's a lot of people down the right field line. I wonder what's going on. I wonder if maybe they think that they need to get those cameras back or maybe see if the grounds crew watches from behind the right field. Uh, I, I don't know. And so I see them pointing at two Oh, you fans, one of them I, I I know pretty well that checks in on the show. And they're kicking them out. I mean, and when I say what, I mean, I know, but it's literally like you look up, you're like, yeah, I know those dudes. They sit in the same seats. They're rock stars. They're diehard fans. What in the world is going on? And so later in the game, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave him anonymous unless he wants to mention it. He comes up to me and goes, dude, they just, they try to kick me out of the game. And I said, well, why? What's going on? And they had been told that the Oklahoma State pitching coach was complaining about fans or something of that nature being threatening or they had a problem with them, I guess is the best way to put it. So the the pitching coach said something to the umpires who then says something to facilities. Then facilities get security and they're wondering whether or not they have to boot someone out. I think one guy. So did they just get told to tone it down? And I don't know if they ever found out who was really the dude, to be honest with you. That's what I think. Do you have any sort of a pulse on maybe what was being said? I don't. Bedlam, both sides can bring out some, you know, not great behavior. Yeah, but, but again, I, I saw that. I thought a lot. Yours truly can certainly speak to that. Yeah, I know. But your boy, I mean, not to – I prayed a lot on it because I was really hot about it. I'm like, why am I so angry about this? God, what's going on with me? Take this from me. And I read, who was it? Vanessa, Vanessa Shippey's husband. I read his tweet about 10 times. Like, you know what? I like him. He's a good dude. Um, And I don't think he would put that out there if there was a chance that any of these guys had done something really embarrassing or, or problematic. So I thought maybe we've got oversensitive umpires because – the umpiring behind home plate this weekend, it was terrible. It was terrible. I don't know if I've seen – now, I haven't talked to Jen Roach about this, nor Coach Casso. So, if you all want to text me, let you know how you felt. I thought it was the most inconsistent strike zone that I've ever seen because it would be, it would be a certain area for one hitter and a completely different for another. And anytime Jocelyn Allo gets called out on strikes twice, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So maybe we just had a weekend of some oversensitive umpires or oversensitive coaches. But, yeah, it was just weird. I, I don't think it was, you know, OSU and OU fans getting after each other. I just – I think it might have been some umpires who were hearing it from both sides all weekend long and, and coaches who were – in that other dugout getting their butts kicked all weekend that finally just had had enough. Yeah, well. It happens. Sometimes umpires kind of not in the mood, right? Some pi- sometimes umpires are not going to play. 
So the college level, I mean, they get paid pretty good to umpire college softball games, do they not? I think so. And and here's what sucks. Someone tweeted at us and said, consistently inconsistent this week. And I agree. But that was one of my favorite home plate umpires in the Big 12. That was Bubba Ewald. And he's usually pretty money. But he had a bad day behind the plate. At the high school level, I can understand an umpire saying, look, I'm not going to have it. Don't get paid enough. You know, constantly abused by moms and dads and aunts and uncles. At the college level, I mean, you got to be able to take a little bit as a collegiate umpire. And umps out there, I mean, if you have thoughts, chime in. I think most would agree. Yeah. We'll dive into it. We got a lot to get to. It's Plank Show. On a Monday, 405-329-9000, 405-329-9000, or you can hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. And BFC really made some people mad today. That's I know. The, There's a lot of folks calling for the BFC ban. On I, this show? Oh, yeah. No, just, yeah, period. I do not endorse his language. That was uncalled for. BFC. We, uh. I literally just took a call during that break that said, if you keep having him on, you're going to lose more listeners. Wow. Boy, you really struck a nerve today, BFC. We'll debate this. That was a little over the line today, in my opinion. Now, to be fair, we don't take a ton of callers on this show. We've got our handful of regulars. But, I mean, BFC's not necessarily a regular contributor on the Plank Show. We'll just hear from him every now and then. But some are calling for an all-out. My buddy Ken Strong emailed me and was emailed me and was fired up about it. Unacceptable. Um, Others sort of enjoyed it. There's so. some people that are mad at me and they don't want me to cave to the the woke crowd. <laughs> yes, this BFC is sort of like uh, I don't know a he's martyr. Like our, if he's you will. like our Trump um, <laughs> <laughs> on this here show. Uh, this is good. This is good. Real quick for the top there, because we were talking about umpires. 32 years as a baseball and softball umpire, both high school and college. You have to have thick skin, especially in college. But there is always a limit. Usually let the uh, mouthy fans to school administration. Usually left the mouthy fans. What did I say? Did I let. Say? Oh, I'm sorry. There's an F in there. I, Dude, I'm really thinking about I'm going to need glasses to read my damn computer screen. Getting old stinks it stinks but yeah and and that's why they're there you know if you were at the game yesterday you heard coach Casso start talking about the 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 people that are behind the scenes that you don't hear a lot about now you know names like Shannon Sale and Sidney Romero and Fall View because they played and I feel like I talk about Jackie Livingston enough and Shane and Jake that you probably know who they are if you listen to the broadcast but, you know, the Mara Kennedys of the world, the athletic trainer, the Whitley Simmons of the world, who's constantly doing the video. I mean, there is – it takes uh, – as Joe C. likes to say, it takes a village. And if I'm that umpire, I know one of the most important behind-the-scenes people is the administrator uh, wing of things. And Kenny Mossman was a legend when he retired. Toby Baldwin has come in, and he's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah. And they're there, they're there to do their job. They're there if there is a dicey situation where facilities hears from the umpire and the umpire says, I want those guys gone, then they can help kind of smooth that process. It was wild. In seven seasons of calling softball, 
I had never seen one person get booted. And you have two situations this weekend. Just bedlam baby and some heat. Bro, it's hot. It was hot on set. Am I still burned? Did I do okay? You look all right. All right, good. You look all right. It was dicey there for a little bit. Sunday would have been brutal on you. Sunday was brutal, period. But I understand what you're saying. I really do – do you think they would be mad if for the the regionals and the super regionals, knowing that I'll be sitting outside the whole time, if I took one – if I took my canopy – and set it up over press row for everybody on my wing. That'd be awesome. Now, that would probably suck for the people behind me that were trying to watch the game. But I don't know. Maybe we could set up a little area where they could just stand behind me or something. It's hot. I think uh, you're kind of like a first-class passenger, like in The Wedding Singer. That's right. You are allowed to do pretty much whatever you want. Block that area. No, I getting back to the umpires, I just – we're getting in a time where a sport is becoming more in the front of fans' minds and it's being talked about and covered more. And everything has to upgrade from the coverage to the facilities to the umpiring to the way the games are run. And it's big stage. To the phone collaring. To the phone collaring. That's right. All right, quick break. Plank Show, Hour 2. Patty Gasso next. It is the Plank Show right here on the ref. <laughs> Dodger Blaine. P.S. Ban Sean too for the sh- for this the same reason or I, the Sean reason. The I Sean, don't know what that means. I don't. Sean doesn't call us, but I I will say, um, in fact, Sean, I need to, to to text you after the show because Sean's a big softball guy, really smart, intuitive dude when it comes to the sport. I. Lean on him for a lot of understanding the pipelines here in Oklahoma. Because I don't. I mean, I really don't. And Shelly Smith was in town this week. Do you, you remember Shelly Smith from ESPN? Sure. Um, I, when I first saw her, I, it's like you looked at her like, that looks like – and she's like, hey, Shelly Smith. I'm like, holy smokes, it was Shelly Smith. And so we sat and we talked. She was working on an article about how – College softball has become more than just, as, as she put it, a rich white girl sport. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I mean, I can't, I can't speak to that because I don't know. But when you think about the history of the sport, I mean, is it becoming more diverse? I was like, I, I can only speak to whenever I've traveled with them since I've started. And I'm still learning every day. I try to learn every single day. But that's fascinating because it reminds you a little bit of how Tiger changed golf. Maybe with what you're seeing over the last you know decade with the growth of this sport, it's it's changing, kind of the way in which the sport is. What's the best way to put this? In its kind of growth system and its roots, because I I told this story a while back, but when we were in Hawaii, when we were flying back. I went through security with a young girl that flies back and forth from island to island every other day in order to go to softball practice. That is commitment. Wow. Right? And I'm like, this is how dumb I am. I'm like, don't they have like ferries or something? But it's like, and it's like a 30-minute flight. 
But she does it because she loves the sport and she wants opportunities to play. And I think you're seeing this from not just – and I say in the States. So, for me, I think in the islands at Hawaii, you know, you're seeing a Team Mexico qualify for the Olympics. You're looking at a sport that's grown. So, anyway, I, you mentioned Sean, and I was fascinated by that. Well, I hope we don't get to that point where you're pricing, you know, players and families out of opportunities. But, look – Travel ball's not cheap. It's not. And just across the board, sure. golf is sort of looked at as that sport that they have to find ways to make it cheaper and you know get different people onto the course. The Play 9 initiative, we've heard so much about that in golf. But, man, I got to tell you, you know, just listening to my family and, you know, my sister-in-law, our nephews, they play tennis a lot. Do you know how expensive it is to get tennis lessons yeah. and go to tournaments constantly? Yeah. Just across the board, these sports, and I'm sure softball, again, is no different. I just – whenever you start asking I, – I could have this conversation about baseball because I played Little League Baseball. My son was in it for a little bit. Now, he never reached the travel ball things. But I, I, I see what that's like, and I see how they're trying to grow. I just don't know. And I'm you, curious to learn more. You just hope and – Really, you would hope this for all kids, but, you know, for a really talented kid that there's somebody there to maybe help make ends meet a little bit or, you know, family friend that can not not allow players that are talented to miss out on opportunities. Because, right. And I think, ding, 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 you hit on the head what Shelly was focusing on. So I'd be looking for that. It's really cool. I mean, she sat – I talked to her a lot this weekend, and there were moments where I'm like, wow, I'm talking to Shelly Smith right now. But it was just fascinating to to get kind of a – in my mind, an expert's perspective because she's been covering sports forever. Um, <laughs> I like this, though. It, the umpiring is better than it used to be when they let about anyone call softball, but Big 12 officials do get evaluated by the Big 12. All right. Um – I got Patty Gasso coming up here in just a bit. But as we welcome you into hour two of the Plank Show, do we need do we need to get True Sooner in to kind of cleanse the palate here a bit? Do we need to get to a happy space? Sure. All right. True Sooner, what's going on, man? We How could are uh, you? we could just keep like raising the band toll. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of folks no. opinions on who no, should no, be no, banned no. this morning. What's up, True? Good I morning. If, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd say cleanse it or not. I I mean I may add to the to the fray. Oh boy. You know, but Man, no, I just, uh, man, I missed, I, I missed all the fireworks, man. You need, I need to, is this, is this first hour, is it going to be up on the app or something? We'll so podcast it. it. No, we're going to burn I mean, it. You're never going to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, that's how it is. It was, it was a one-time only. You had to be there to experience Damn. it. We have already deleted Damn. it from the archives. You will never be able to find it again. There is no way in hell. It's not like BFC dropped an F-bomb or anything on air, but listen, when you're when you make those types of comments yeah. about Oklahoma softball yeah, I'm players, just, I'm not going to be. People here are going to get bent. Yeah, you, well, you can't you can't ban either one of them. I mean, we we don't. Yeah, you know, come on. We've got, it's we going to be a tough conversation. Uh, we'll have to meet with the the uh, Council of Minds for this show, which includes right. Tyler Steelman and uh, TJ. I guess Drake is included. He's a regular, and Toby. And we'll put our robes on, and we'll sit, and we'll. Uh, we'll, we'll burn the incense and home, and we'll talk about whether or not the ban needs to be official. We'll well, and Sean, we will discuss on Sports Text fourteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. That was the funniest thing he said. <laughs> and Sean, you know, Sean, I mean, they, that's probably the most intelligent caller you have. 
I think he's the maybe best. The, he may be the most intelligent caller that listens to the show. I mean, he he raises all the you know all of us dumb people up to to where it looks like you know we're you know we're halfway intelligent. You know, so, really I mean, smart softball mind too. You have to really work guy. hard to get a band, though. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Unless you're Traber or something, you know. That's true. Then, that's then, true. Then you, then, then right away, you can get a, yeah, by just disagreeing. But but anyway, no, I, you know, it was a blast weekend, man. I mean, I was there. I was there Thursday and Friday. I couldn't get to Saturdays, but I'm really shocked, man. That you know, looking at the Big Twelve tournament, and I'm sure you guys may have already touched on this because because I, you know, I've been listening the first hour, but a single elimination. Single elimination, you're only guaranteed one game. I um, I don't like it, but I but 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 in the same vein, I also think it's just going to take me getting used to it because you got to remember the the Big Twelve softball tournament had been gone and only came back in what seventeen or or eighteen, one of those two, and they'd always done the pool play, right? But I think I think it's it's twofold. Number one, I. I, I think they want everyone to play on the main field. They don't want to have auxiliary fields. Right. And number two, I right. think they want everyone to get to go because when you did pool play, there was a seventh team that didn't get to go. So in this instance, OU is your one seed, gets a bye, and then you get two, seven, three, six, four, five on Friday. All right, excuse me, on Thursday. Well, I, I felt like it was great pitching Nicole May on Sunday. I don't know what everybody – or on Saturday, everybody's on, on internet griping about it, but I – yeah, and then and then bringing her back, I think for her confidence that that is definitely. I think Patty was kind of like, you know, if we lose this game, it's it's, it's more important to get Nicole's confidence back because you've got to have her ready for a championship run, don't you? Well, and uh, Tristan, I appreciate your phone call. Let's right, see, you, man. This is something I wanted to get into back in hour one, and I think I'd even teased it, and I swung and missed on getting back. Probably BFC's fault. Again, do not podcast that. I uh, you don't want me to? Yeah, I never want at ever to be out there in any way, shape, or form. No, can't happen. No way. Um, they won a national championship, so people forget where the pitching was at this point last year. Right? I think we we forget how much of a struggle it truly was. And that's not knocking anyone. It was just the reality that, A, well, you didn't have Jordy Ball. <laughs> and, B, G was still struggling to get back from her injury. I love the point that you've made. I don't know how many times, whether in the crossover or right here on the Plank Show, G. Juarez didn't pitch in the Super Regional. I mean, think about that. In the Super Regional. Yeah. The chance to go to the World the Women's College World Series. That's a wild statistic. I mean, if you if you think about the scores just in the Bedlam series last year. Six to four, six to four, eleven to eight. Oklahoma State scored three runs in three games. You know, look at the I know there's some series where you saw, you know, shutouts they in that weird midweek against Baylor, which was a the makeup of a of a COVID postponed game, but there had been some some struggles, and I mean it even goes. I mean, it took a seven to five score to beat Wichita the first time in the regionals, and then it's twenty four to seven where I think I think the Sooners had fallen behind what like five zip in the first couple of innings, four zip 
the bottom of the first inning and then scored eight runs in the second. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't forget it's it wasn't pretty last year. Um, from just as it is this year, right? This Mona Lisa that Jen Rocha and Jordy Ball and you know, Hope Troutwine and Nicole May that they've that they've painted up and they've created. It came through some some hard work of last year. So I thought the biggest story of the weekend was not just beating OSU. It wasn't Kinsey Hansen starting to get hot. Or, you know, fans getting the boot. <laughs> or, or, two, or potentially getting the boot. Right, which it had never happened before. What was the biggest story? That Nicole May pitched the way she did when she came back in on Saturday. And I I retweeted the picture, and I didn't want to say it on Twitter because I never want things to sound too corny. I'll save those to where I can workshop them with you on the show. <laughs> I I save those to just go on the air. But on, on Sunday, as I was playing on Twitter, I retweeted the top 10 Bedlam Series mood tweet from I think earlier that day and it was Nicole May and she's pumped up she pumps her fist she's yelling and I was I was going to say that the, the cool thing about that is not just that she came back in and overcame you know giving up an early home run and, and probably missing his spot on that pitch but that she's kind of the quiet one she's the one that doesn't that doesn't necessarily show that and when you show that, it's something where you're like, oh, let's go. It takes things up to another level. When um, when my man Michael Del Giorno got fired in Tulsa, I remember we were he's – my, he's my buddy, still is. And I remember he was talking about how – when he called his wife and he said, I knew that she was on my side and she was with me when she dropped an F-bomb in frustration because she never cusses. And so when someone <laughs> you're like, oh, let's go. So when you see the non-fiery person get fired up, the calm, cool customer pump a fist or yell, then you can't help but get fired up. I love that. So I'm not too concerned about the walk issues yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday. I think that there was, I mean, Kelly Maxwell struggled with it. I wonder if they'll let these um, these women use spider tack. <laughs> Could you imagine what that would do in softball? Oh, my gosh. It would be amazing. But I, I think grip was an issue yesterday, Saturday. I think it was awesome to see Nicole May come back in because, like last year, G. Juarez didn't pitch in the Super Regionals, kind of struggled a bit in the Regionals, and then is the best pitcher in the World Series. Who's to say that can't be Nicole May for this team this season? Do you know what – so Tyler and I last year – Tyler McComas. Tyler McComas of Locked In and The Rush fame, also social media whiz. He and I did a – I think it was just a afternoon show of The Rush, but basically it turned into a four-hour-long Oklahoma Super Regional softball reaction <laughs> show, a postgame show. And do you have any idea after the Super Regional when Oklahoma advanced what kind of the big story on that show was? 
It had to be, what, Nicole May, right? Oklahoma had found its ace in Nicole May. Took all season, but they'd found their ace. I think uh, because of Jordy Ball this season, we probably just don't spend enough time talking about the contributions that both Hope Troutwine and Nicole May have made for this Oklahoma team to be 48-1, and and definitely for Hope Troutwine, who has been just tremendous coming over from North Texas. A lot of the shine gets taken away because of the superstardom sure. of Jordy Ball, but, I mean, gosh, this pitching staff top to bottom is just so good. Did you see the tweet from Brent Venables this weekend, the comparison he made? He compared her to Conor McGregor. And if you watch her walk, it's just – it's so spot on. Jordy, too? Yeah. Sorry if I wasn't clear about that. Jordy Ball. Because he came out throughout the first pitch, I want to say, on Thursday or Friday night. And when he made that comparison, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's she the does one. have a little bit of uh, that type of energy. Has that little swag to her, you know, yeah, oh, he's yeah. kind of walking around. And by the way, that's that's how she's always been. Like, it's not something that is just a put-on. You go back and watch her when she's throwing for Nebraska Gold or, I don't know, Jordy Papillion High School. That's that's who she was. I mean, guys, you understand. Did, did a quick time out here. Barring injury, Jordy Ball's got the potential to be one of the greatest pitchers we've ever seen in, at Oklahoma. In softball history. Yeah. I, again, again, I'm trying to calm down here a little bit. I don't want to set the expectations too high, but that's the kind of – and listen, it's not like Oklahoma isn't bringing in the best pitcher in college softball in the 23 recruiting class because they are. It's it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild to watch over the next few years. She's a program changer. You know, I, I've, I've talked to a couple of Nebraska people a few times, and while they're watching this, they're kind of lamenting, oh, man. She was committed to us for the longest time. We could have had We could have this. had right. Oh, and that would have totally changed, changed everything. their program. Right? Changed everything. Can, can you imagine? I mean, Nebraska, they would be right. Th- if, if they just had Jordy Ball, mm-hmm. they would be in the mix to win the Big Ten. She's that good. She's that big of a difference maker. <laughs> All right. It's um, 10-20. I'm laughing at now the screenshots of the kid that got booted from the Mavericks game. Me? <laughs> I still – did you hear Charles Barkley and Shaq last night after the game? We were talking about this on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> they they were mad at Chris Paul for worrying about his family as opposed to the game. It's like, listen, you can't let that stuff bother you. And I'm like, what are we, do- what are we doing here? It was his mom. They had people that are like, what, he can't afford a suite? I, I don't know what they make available at Dallas. Maybe they don't have him available for opposing teams. I don't know. Why doesn't he call Jack Carlo? He seems to be everywhere right now. That seems unlikely that they wouldn't let Chris Paul have a suite yeah. if he wanted one. Or just the you know Dal- uh, the Phoenix Suns in general. Mm. Quick break. Um, we are back with Patty post-game next. 
I know we're getting ready for senior day ceremonies, but how about the will of this team today? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Um, the pitchers were little up and down. We were on a little roller coaster on the mound, but the kind of kind of the epitome of the game was Nicole May coming in and finishing for us. Um, so she came in and saved her own game. We're doing things offensively in two innings. Um, that's not enough for us. Like we got to come out and just be a little more attacking. But I give credit to uh, OSU's pitchers. They did a really good job. They're good pitching staff, even without um, Ellis. They've done a really good job. So I thought our defense was the key tonight, today, uh, definitely. Hey, a final thought. You know, you, you 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 talk about the championship mindset and what this team needs to be, and you said this team is going to be better regardless of what happens this weekend. This team's better. They are. They are. We got pressed, we got pushed, and we got better. Congrats, Coach. Enjoy senior day. All right. Thanks. So you might say to yourself, Plank, not a very good post-game interview because you're on the field with the coach. It's senior day ceremonies, and you don't ask her about the seniors. Well, contraire, mon frere. I don't know if that's how that term goes, but we decided to have the conversation about the seniors pregame. Why? Because you probably don't want to hear me babbling while I'm asking, Coach Lindsay, he loves us all. And I'm sure Coach doesn't want to get emotional. So, Josh... Here is our pregame conversation about the seniors because I think it's a relevant piece when you're talking about this team. I mean, we could go through the list. This is a pretty special group. It is. It is. It's. I'm. I'm in. Right before you came in to talk, I'm writing out their cards and I'm like dripping on their cards, <laughs> sparing the uh, ink. I, Lindsay Elam, would be just the ideal daughter, mother, captain co-worker, leader. She's just tremendous, and I'm just so proud of her. Jossie has turned from a girl to a woman and just has accomplished things off the charts. I'm doing all this now because I don't want to do it after the game. Uh, Jenna Johns has turned into a really tough player and just really happy to work with her. Um, Nina has been one of my all-time favorite kids that I recruited who didn't choose us and the fact that we are you know working together in her last three years two or three years has been great um, and Hope Trotwine has been an absolute breath of fresh air and just her smile and joy that she brings this team all the things I'm not really talking about softball I'm just talking to you about them being great people and just wonderful women who are going to do great things in the world and always going to have a place in my heart and in this program well, good luck go get him coach Thank- hey there was our pregame senior conversation if you truly stop and think this is this is an hour and 30 almost on nonstop softball I love it but if you really think about it it's you're going to be hard-pressed even if this team doesn't win a title, to find a senior class that has been as impactful. And I say that knowing full well that I said the same thing about Nicole and G and Shannon last year, and I definitely had said the same thing about Sid and Fale and Shay. That was the group that and Kylie. I would have mentioned. Yeah. I mean, that group steps in. They win a national championship immediately. You're before that, seeing Kelsey Arnold graduate. I mean, it's just Paige Parker. 
it's wild when you want to make a uh, it's going to be hard to match them and you realize dang man I said the same thing last year and I know I said the same thing the year before and I said the same thing the year before that it's just it's an incredible 10 straight people 10 straight conference championships that's unbelievable in a league that has been sending more than two three two teams to the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's a seven-team league, and they've been sending consistently three, and at times four, and I think even five during this run. By the way, I completely missed the NHL linesman getting taken out by some maintenance dude on the ice. Have you seen this? <laughs> oh, yeah. How'd I miss that? Anyway, tip of the cap. Bravo. Really cool stuff. Thanks to Coach Gasso for doing post-game and pre-game. Now, do we do we want to break and stay on the clock? We could. Do you want to hit these air comfort solutions texts? Well, there was one good one that you wanted to hit earlier, right? Yeah, let's do it here. Um, About MVP of this team? I hate to put you on the spot. And you don't have to address this if you don't want to. But I would like to know what you think. Of the OU players, of the OU players in on player of the year. Repeat of Jossie with all her hitting records. Grace with the incredible shortstop play and the hot bat. Or Jordy, the most exciting player in softball. Also, when do they announce player of the year? For me, it's Grace. Oh, that's tough. And it's funny because when I had tabbed that text, I had put it away and I felt like I had a good take at the time. And Now you're a little more unsure? Now I, I'm not kidding. Literally whenever I, I go to any other stat, I think to myself, well, it's got to be this player. It's got to be that player. Who are the couple of players that, in your mind, you would – First consider. Uh, Jordy Ball, Grace Lyons, and Jocelyn Hollow. <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone in their class right now, dude. I really don't. I mean. Tiare's had a pretty good season, hasn't she? Well, but she's not in on the mix. You know, you've got your your list is. Hold on here. Let me make sure I get it. Your list is Jossie, Jordy, uh, Georgina uh, Corrick out of South Florida, who is amazing. Danielle Gibson at Arkansas, Bailey Klingler at Washington, Grace Lyons, Kelly Maxwell at Oklahoma State, Sidney McKinney at Wichita State, Kelly Richard at Vodtech, and Danielle Williams at Northwestern. There's your options. Hmm. That's tough. That's tough. Um, Because all 10 players have a, a state. I mean – Danielle Williams has been the best pitcher in the Big Ten in a year that's somewhat been a late-season resurgence for the Big Ten with Michigan and Nebraska playing better. I didn't see what they did this weekend. Richard is, Keila Richard has been consistently one of the best pitchers in the game. McKinney's just everywhere all over the stat sheet. I, it's tough, man. But I do think it's – I think it comes down to the Oklahoma players. I really do. And I think Jossie's going to get the nod. I, I – I think that's who I'd vote for. I mean, it. She's hitting 
what, close to 500 while doing this. And teams are still pitching around her. I, that's, that's me. I'm probably still voting for Jossie. And it's not even with the mindset of, oh, there'll be a time for Jordy or there'll be a time for Grace Lyons. I just – I think it's impossible, impossible to ignore the history side of this too, right? Right. Where, maybe that's unfair. Where she's now the career, all-time home runs leader, has had that type of attention all season long. Look, you're not going to get much of an argument from me on any of the three. To me – Jordy Ball's got a great case because she's totally morphed who Oklahoma is this year. And I don't like existing in the world where, oh, well, she's a freshman. And I like know. you said, you know, she'll have her uh, She'll have her time. I mean, she, to me, she's probably the best player in college softball right now. So on that fact alone, she, she deserves a serious, serious look. It's, it's a tough call. I think right now it would be a 1ABC, but my 1A is, is Jordy. I'm sorry, it's Jocelyn. <laughs> you almost changed me to Jordy. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see. Will OU have the top three? I think the girl from South Florida deserves a lot of recognition. She's really good. Um, I think the Wichita State product, and, and it's wild that it's McKinney because I thought it might be Barnard that was up for that because she's dropping bombs all over everyone this year. I think she's leading the country in home runs by – couple i don't know it's it's a great do what a great problem to have which of the three finalists out of 10 for the player of the year award are you going to vote for for oklahoma with oh by the way the national freshman player of the year that's hitting at the three hole think about this for a lineup Think about I, – I, I'm taking a break, and then when we get back, i got to get some baseball. Uh, we got tons of Cruton talk. Parker is uh, on deck. He's fired up to tell you everything that he's learned this weekend. But think about this lineup just for a minute. And Jada Coleman, one of the greatest high school softball players, and comes to Oklahoma and immediately becomes one of the best center fielders after spending her whole career at shortstop, a left-handed shortstop, mind you. She's become electric. What She was runner-up national freshman of the year essentially last year and is an All-American candidate. That's your leadoff hitter. Your, your two-hole player is the, the, the reigning USA softball player of the year. And, oh, yeah, probably the favorite to win it again. Your three-hole is T.R.A. Jennings, the defending national freshman of the year. And, oh, by the way, she's hitting under, she was hitting a little bit under 400, so it's like, what's going on here? And in your four-hole is Grace Lyons who is one of three finalists for the National Freshman of the Year. Or, excuse me, National Player of the Year. Not bad one, three, four, huh? Fun to watch. All right, quick break. It's 10.36. What did we learn on the football recruiting trail? And we got a little Nicole Hardman news potentially this morning. Talking about a potential contract extension for Meikle. We'll yeah, because he'd be uh, he'd be up for it. Yeah, well, he'd be a free agent. Him and Juju both uh, at season's end. I'm old enough to remember Juju Smith Schuster being the wide receiver that was one of the most uh, impressive wide receivers in the NFL. Let me ask you this: <laughs> Then he got hurt. The uh, extension window. When is that over? Um, they have to have it negotiated before the season starts. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's kind of what I – so Juju's not going to get any sort no, of extension. No, no. Mikko maybe. But we'll get into it next on The Plank Show.
All right, welcome into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. I completely forgot what we are going to talk about. I started getting into the um, who's, analyzed, who's our analyst this weekend. Oh, yeah, um, some college football stuff. So have we heard much more about how the trip visit for LV Bunkley Shelton went, the wide receiver? Uh, not really. I mean, obviously, Parker's going to have a full full update with Steel Man coming up at noon and then locked in that 2 to 3 o'clock hour with Tyler McComas. It, it's for you, everybody. It's for all y'all. The folks out there, all of you that, that want that recruiting coverage, I mean, that's what that hour block is, is put in there for us. So I'm sure we'll hear a lot over the 2 o'clock hour on just exactly what this you know weekend set of visits meant for not just Bunkley but everybody across the board I saw our man Parker put in some crystal balls which we like oh he did well I, I listen I don't want to try to completely and totally bury his lead but while you look to see what some of those are I will say the report of yeah, it the- looks like 247 sports is totally down. So I don't think Are you gonna, serious? I don't think we're going to get any idea real quick. Is this like 947 every now and then whenever it decides, yeah, we're not going to give you that HD signal. So everything's going to suck. Oh, okay, there we we're go. Back. Right, we're, we're back. And we're back. But th- so I I brought this up the other day whenever I was listening to Steely and Thune when they wrapped up their first segment, Parker said, "Hey, there's cup I, I and and I like the the theory that he goes by you know he's he's works for twenty four seven sports, so he's not going to get too in depth on a guy unless he's committed, and I appreciate that. Um, but he mentioned there is a quarterback and a wide receiver in the portal that's going to be here this weekend, and he said their their names you'll know, and according to source, well, not any saying according to reports, some have said that it was Gary Bohannon who had made a trip, but eventually decided South Florida was a place for him. And the other quarterback that had been mentioned was Davis Bevel. He was at Pitt. He um, he was he was the quarterback in the Peach Bowl. Three star recruit, and it looks it looks like the Sooners could be in the mix for him. Those were the the two transfer portal. Now we saw some. What's the best way to put this, Josh? Positive news. On the high school names who are in here too this weekend, correct? Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, there's just all sorts of guys that were in town this weekend for Oklahoma. And again, this staff, they're too talented. They're too good of recruiters. They create too welcoming of an environment for it not to be a successful weekend for Oklahoma. And we're getting to that point that Parker Thune and others that are really dialed into the recruiting world have sort of earmarked as when we need to start raising the antennas for some serious commitments to start dropping here this month of uh, May into June, July, and uh, August before the season starts. Because, look, it's uh, a ways off, right? Seven months from that early signing period right now. But that's a heck of a lot closer than, than we think at this point. It'll be upon us before we know. So I would expect – here very, very quickly some commitments to start coming Oklahoma's way. Agreed. Agreed. And excited. So Parker's got you covered coming up in an hour and 15 minutes from now. But it appears to be good news all over the place, including, what, a a, a four-star defensive back? Is that correct or did I read that? Linebacker, I'm sorry. 
The number one linebacker, according to rivals, Peyton Pierce. What's Parker saying? I will be astounded if he isn't a Sooner when all is said and done. That's pretty high praise right there. Won't finalize the decision until next spring. So that's that's probably not going to be a anytime real quick decision. And and see that's the the part of this for for those of you that need to have some sort of commitment affirmation. You're just it's going to be hard to get it right now. It really truly is because of what Brent Venables wants when you commit. And you're talking now, you got to be a little bit patient. But that's a pretty solid start for a guy that, oh my gosh, is this him? I mean, just you talk about someone that when you see their picture, you're like, okay, that's a Brent Venables linebacker. That's There's a BV linebacker right there. But we'll have it in the Firehouse Subs. Top, listen to me. The top five stories today coming up as well uh, in hour number three. What's caught your eye about this? 6 one 2024 kid. Highly regarded uh, number eight player, I think they said, from Texas. Top linebacker. Linebacker that wears number seven. Let's go. I mean, it's so early in that 2024 class, but we're starting to get, I guess, a little bit more concrete recruiting rankings in the 24 cycle. So if somebody at this juncture is starting to say, okay, this is the number one linebacker in that class, one year from now, I'm really going to believe it, but sure. it's it you know it's getting closer to that point. Back of the class, I see your hand raised. Please, I have a question about recruiting, and I'm going to do that, Jason Smith. I haven't heard anyone ask this. I haven't heard anyone bring that. Have you heard that promo with him, uh, dude? I got to tell you about. He's asking all the questions that nobody else can think of. He, his his takes are the one that people are mimicking. He's like, I'm listening to the. He's like turning into Arnie. He's like, I'm listening to all these takes, and uh, it's just it's all my stuff. They're just saying all the stuff that I'm saying on this show. It's like, couldn't be that he doesn't have as original of a thought as he thought he did. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. I will say, I love, I love Jason Smith. I do too. I, f- I like filling in for him too. He's got one of my favorite shows. I listen probably way too much to Jason Smith's show because it makes me so damn angry. But I've yeah, got. Yeah, he triggers you. A bad. I don't know why. The flu is overrated. It's still one of the dumbest takes I think we've ever had in the history of life. But. When when we come back, can I ask a recruiting responsibility question? And not not maybe the way you're thinking. Just, um, I don't know. What's truly going to make a, a good recruiter over the next decade? I want to debate it next. Well, or at least ask the question. I'm, I'm not ready to die on a hill about it yet, but we'll, we'll dive into it next. Top five stories today right around the corner. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's on you. That's good. That was good because you heard Trevor and I talking during the break. There's some high-level soccer conversations going on. Did you hear me? Did I sound smart in there? Were you like, my gosh, is that Pele in the other room? Uh, yo, I always think that about you. Okay, here's my recruiting question. Are you ready? Who's ultimately going to be viewed as responsible when a team gets a good recruiting class in football? Because I want to live in that world where it's still my head coaches, my young and up-and-coming recruiting assistants, and my grizzled vets that create these relationships. 
but it's the coach and the assistants. Or or could it end up being that quote unquote amount of money that's out there that coaches and assistants can't really control? Because now, I mean, the difference between deciding between a Georgia, Alabama, and Oklahoma might be the amount of money that you're getting, and the coaches have no control over that. Yeah, no, that's right. And for some kids, that will be the determining factor. I don't think for all these athletes. I want to live in that world, too. I'm with you 100%. I mean, I I think there's going to be some moms and dads, too, that – it just depends on the family and their situation, and it depends on the sort of the values and the thought process of you know different athletes and their families. You can turn down some money to go to a place that you think best fits your son or best fits your daughter or best fits your family, right? Or just the athlete themselves saying, this is a better situation for me. I'm going to take a little bit less because I believe I'm going to wind up making more right. in the future going to this place. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this thing. And ultimately, I think across the board, even in this name, image, and likeness world that we're living in, I think the lion's share of the credit will still still go to the coaches and the assistant coaches. Agreed. You know, one thing I, I think hope, that – I hope. One thing I think that – dare I speak his name – one thing I think that Lincoln Riley did a really good job of and had a great understanding of was the importance of the entirety of your recruiting approach. He understood how to use social media effectively to make Oklahoma an exciting place to be. So I think that those guys, even even into the graphics department, your social media Staff, I think that's really important today. You know, sure, name, image, and likeness, it's of course going to be an important element to it, and we're still figuring out how important. But all of it, the the digital side and, and the coaches are still the most important. I hope you're right. I think you'll be right. But, wow, if it's not. <laughs> it's like, listen, man, um, we've made a move. Our collective is uh, dissolving. We're starting a new collective. <laughs> Our... Our marketing department, this is not anything associated with OU. This is associated with the NIL stuff is being changed. We don't know what the NCAA or if Congress continues down this road of getting involved or Power 5 commissioners or administrators. We don't know that they're not going to come up with some sort of rules enforcement here that basically says if you're found to have taken money to go to a school – that it's a severe penalty. If we get to that point, then what you're thinking about there, I mean, it's not going to be a factor at all. It's still enticement, right? And as bad as they've been at enforcing it, well, it would be wild, and I mean wild, and I mean shocking, and I mean mind-blowing, if you did see the NCAA come out and say, hey, we – uh." We're going to beef up our enforcement because it's what people want. And we're going to start attacking this because it is one of the rules of this that we had. It would be fascinating. Unlikely. But let's get into it next. Let's make a big story number five. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. 
So did you guys go? Is, is there any Mother's Day traditions that you have? No traditions, though I did I did ask Mom. I said, okay, hey, it's Mother's Day. Right. Where would you like to go? Lunch is on me. And she chose The Catch, which is not familiar. a little seafood restaurant over in beautiful Moore, Oklahoma. So that's where we went. She had her white fish and loved it. Fried white fish. I had shrimp pasta. Where is it? Where's the catch? It's uh, kind of right over off the uh, interstate drive. Oh, is that the place that's right next to uh, like the Home Depot and stuff? Or no, am I thinking the wrong area? Are you in Oklahoma City or it's right? It's right next to where okay, I gotta Google this Furs one. used to be. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. It's like I drive by it a thousand times a day. But it was good. My, you know, Mom obviously enjoyed it, and that's the important thing. We went to Charleston's. Woo-hoo-hoo, baby. So I'm in, I'm in a situation right now where I'm still recovering from the chicken fingers because I'm an old man now, and every time I eat something fried, I'm in big trouble. So, okay, yeah, there's the catch. Wow, so chicken fingers for you. Always, because I'm a 12-year-old. Preferred dipping sauces? Their honey mustard is the best. Nobody has better honey mustard than Charleston's. See, and I, I will in- die on that hill. I uh, get into trouble because I'm a big Buffalo fan. Oh, me too. Oh, that's that's my thing. I, it's funny you say that because um, for my birthday dinner, my family took me to the Mont on Saturday night, and I had the Buffalo chicken tenders. Nice. I was chicken so nuggets good. all weekend long, essentially. So good. With queso and You will pay for it. I'll beans. tell you something else I paid I for last week. Uh-oh. Do you like Indian food? Oh, well, I understand what's what, where you're going yeah, with this. Oh, yeah. No, no there's yes, no, nowhere further to go. Right. He's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. The, the butter chicken I had was sensational. The spicy rice, I, I earned what happened next. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get after it. It's time for the top five stories of the day in Hour 3 of the Plank Show, which, as always, is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years, called Josh Tucker and Roof Tech, 405-703-4245. All right, big story number five. Oh, oh, that's my fault. Number five, Katrina was still playing. I apologize, Josh. <laughs> Sorry. All right. We're, we're all walking on sunshine. Number five. So let's continue this NIL conversation. Let's play in a, in a hypothetical world. Let's say that the government, some federal oversight does get involved. And let's say somehow the NCAA's enforcement group grows. I think they have, what, 15 people on. Keeping in mind, as the NCAA has talked about a revamped NCAA, enforcement is something that they have actively tried to put on everyone else but them. If if you feel like I'm reading the room right here. I feel like everything when it comes to enforce, they almost look at it and say, I think we're really good at planning events. I think we struggle at enforcement. (laughs) I think we're really good on a couple of things we can help in, but we struggle here. That's that self-awareness that we love in a good organizational body. I hadn't been there for a long time. And maybe it took a lot of money in in studies and people to evaluate where you are. I don't know. But let's just play in a hypothetical world. I mean, are you really – 
and it, are you ready for the legal fight that you're going to have against some of these potential boosters? I mean, the, the guy in Miami is essentially a billion-dollar lawyer, and in everything that you do, we hear people talking about not wanting to end up in a litigious situation. I think I'm using that right. Where you're basically spending the entire time battling in court. You just can't afford that. You're going to burn all your money. So, you know, I don't know if this is a toothpaste out of the tube situation. I don't think the whole we're going to go after your your eligibility. I don't think that scares too many people right now. But if they can get to a level where it would, I don't think that going after those who have already sinned is any good. I, I just don't – I think you're going to end up costing yourself more money than imaginable. I really – I feel – I feel as if you have a you have a timeline and you say beginning on June 1, here in the new rules, the new rules are this is a transfer portal period. This will not be used for enticement. If it is used for enticement or if there's publication, then you will start losing scholarships and you will start affecting your amount of involvement this entity can have with you. You will receive a show cause ban. Right. You will receive a postseason ban. If you tamper. Tampering is no longer something that's just a slap on the wrist. It is show cause. You will not tamper with other teams' players. Unless they're in the portal. Yeah, if they're hey, and that's been clearly stated. If a player's in the portal, fair game. Fair game. That's what the portal's there for. If if it's shown that you've enticed a guy to get into the portal, that's a hammer drop. But I don't think that you can spend your time saying, We're gonna go after everyone. This is your day. Get clean by here. And if you're not clean by here, then we're gonna have even bigger issues. Sure. I, because we don't even know, Josh. I, we don't even know if some of these big money deals are going to end up working out. Everyone's losing their mind about Miami. But, I mean, if they win a national championship in basketball, then we look back and go, <laughs> oof. Man, that, that 800000 well, well spent, spent on Nigel Pack. <laughs> but I just – do I want people that have cheated to get caught? You bet. Absolutely. Is it worth the pain – and the, the amount of money it's going to cost you? No. I don't know what – Arizona State's AD being up in arms. Bro, don't you have a football program you need to get under control right now? Um, politicians trying to tell you how it should be. I just – I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me why you would say, hey, we're going to go back and we're going to get those and it's going to cost you your um, – eligibility. No, I think you, you do a from this point forward announcement. And and you can cite a couple of cases. You can specifically mention Jordan Addison, maybe a couple of others in there. If you want to mention Nigel Pack, that those types of instances, no go moving forward. And then as soon as somebody as soon as somebody breaks the rules, you make an example out of them. And you make a serious example out of them. We shall see. I just I feel like there's a lot of people that are wanting to tell you how much they knew and how smart they were and how they warned everyone. And we're sitting here basically saying Every, everybody's warned everybody. This isn't a situation where nobody looked at this and thought, hey, not having any rules in place for this is going to go great. Nobody said that. 
But politicians want to sit here and tell you how oh, the NCAA was arrogant. Yeah, they did. They were. They screwed up, which is why they're trying to get out of this whole thing. So it's been my constant charge. A million people will tell you that NIL is out of control. Someone's got to do something. Don't know what it is. Someone's got to do something. That's why we – listen, everyone's copying what we're saying, Josh. I mean, they're just taking our takes and copying them. No doubt. Like two people that get that damn joke. at how about a fresca guy. Two people get that joke. So to answer the question, was anything resolved with a trip to Washington, D.C.? Maybe. And we have to leave it at that. Maybe. No, nothing was resolved. Saw a lot of statements put out. Nothing was resolved, but I think you could say progress was made. You know, what I said from day one with that about both uh, Clive Kopp and Sankey working in tandem together trying to get Congress involved, that alone tells me that they're pretty serious about something happening. And to me, that's progress whether or not – Congress gets involved. Quite frankly, Congress probably shouldn't be involved. I don't know that we need federal legislation to fix name, image, and likeness. We just need we just need a group of 15, 20, 25 people that care enough about college athletics to say, okay, here's some serious rules, and oh, by the way, here's our rules enforcement board, and if you break said rules, your ass is grass. Boom, done, fixed. And we're the mower. Put me on the board, dang it. Someone hire Josh Helmer. I'll have Lincoln Riley behind bars next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, big story number four. Number four. The crazy thing, you know, obviously I sit here and I talk a lot about all I want to talk about is softball. But, man, all the different angles of NIL just have me hooked right now, too. And then how to fix it and what needs to be done. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by it. Speaking of things that fascinate me, um, I, I'm doing a good job of not watching the debate shows because I'm sure there's all kinds of conversations about dirty plays in the NBA and codes and code breakers. Um, first of all, from last night's two games, we evened both series at two apiece because Luca and Dallas rolled – you know, we always believe. We're always going to believe till the, like I say, if we have 1% chance, we're going to believe. Uh, this team has has something special. You know, the Bonnie's special. And I think uh, staying together throughout the, if it goes good, if it goes bad, uh, that's our key. I think we did good today. 111-101, they beat the Suns. Of course, all the talk there is about old boy who got booted and how mad Chris Paul was. Then... I guess in the early game, is is James Harden good again? You know, think about it, we're still a fairly new team. You know what I mean? We're down to two months in. So, um, you know, when we finally catch a rhythm and fi- finally find something that works, you know, Joe goes out for a couple games. So um, we're finally settling into the series, and uh, we found some great things that will work tonight and that we can, you know, capitalize on for game five. Good stuff. Uh, Philadelphia beats Miami despite 40 from Jimmy Butler, 116 108, yes, that was the James Harden last night who looked like the second highest paid player in the league. 31 points. And both series that were 2-0 in favor of Phoenix and Miami, all even, two games apiece. So, hey, let's dust off those hot takes after those first two games of those series. Let's revisit those now as time of death was called on both Dallas and Philadelphia. Thank you for bringing this up. And let's have our annual reminder 
They play a seven-game series for a reason. Be careful. I think that's why Sean stopped liking me for a while. But I'm with you. It's just – and that's why I, I, I guess the grind of having to – be the most outrageous person whenever there's a very simple answer has to be incredibly stressful on the Stephen A. Smiths and the Skip Baylesses of the world because you've got to find a way to be outraged about a series where when they got done with game two in Phoenix and Phoenix was up two zip, you could simply say, oh, let's see how this thing plays out when it gets to Dallas. No, 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 because the Mavericks are a joke. Uh, Luka just isn't that guy. And then all of a sudden, like games three and four, it's like, oh, well, now Chris Paul is soft. Monty Williams should be fired. <laughs> Amazing how much better James Harden can look with Joel Embiid around. We we were talking about this last night with Aaron Torres on Fox Sports Radio. It's amazing the difference that Joel Embiid makes. He's a superstar, man. I, you, <laughs> this is a novel concept, and I, it's amazing at times how we forget about this, but superstars got to play for teams that are led by superstars to be good when Joel Embiid right. doesn't play the first couple of games. Guess what? It's not a shock that they got their you-know-what's kicked. It happens. It's, and then he's my, so good, though, isn't he? God, he's fun to watch. The, my, my favorite thing, too, is you'll have some of these diehards that will say, yeah, we'd have to deal with this back in the Jordan era, and you look at some of the playoff box scores, and you're like, they blew the snot out of a team in game three. <laughs> And lost the last the next night. It, it it's happened eternally. We just for some reason have these memory blocks and want to forget about it. And everything was great from our era. Well, I don't remember this happening with Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, yeah, I did. It happened a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, I lived it. All right, big story number three. Number three. Oh, sorry, you do get you get you do get two games tonight. And thankfully, the NBA is back on somewhat of a normal schedule. That's still the weirdest thing ever that the Suns Mavericks series and the Sixers Heat series played game two after the Bucks, Celtics, and Grizzlies Warriors and then played game three before they played their game three. It just didn't make any sense. But Celtics Bucks tonight, Grizzlies Warriors, 9 p.m. Do you think Jordan Poole should be suspended for his grab of jaw? Morant's knee, Josh Helmer. I'm sure that's a hot topic. Oh, it will be a hot topic. It's got to be pretty egregious in for a, me. I don't think it was. <laughs> I did like Clay Thompson's take to where he's like, I don't even know if he's strong enough to truly do that. All right, big story number three. Number three. Number three. Didn't we already play the sounder? Did we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's my fault then. <laughs> I went back to NBA. Uh, big story number three. You're right. So we didn't get in on the Baker column on Friday because I found it hilarious. I was listening to Pat McAfee, and he brought up a great point, and it stayed with me all weekend. He goes, depending on how you read this article, it either makes you more sympathetic towards Baker Mayfield or it makes you more anti-Baker Mayfield because there is a part where you look at things and you realize, oh, my gosh, he – he had a point What T.J. Watt sets a sack record and you're just getting crushed and no one ever offers any help on the offensive line. They didn't even scheme up a way to chip that guy and try to help out a bit. 
And then you could read and say, well, I, his disagreement with Odell Beckham Jr. is what cost in the locker room. Which, by the way, I want to make this point. Odell Beckham Jr. was terrible in Cleveland. Terrible. And I know people are like, well, it doesn't help whenever he goes to the Rams and suddenly he's, he's a rock star. Well, yeah, that's because Sean McVay schemed things up for him and opened up the field with some of the threats that they had on the outside. Oh, and by the way, he had a guy named Cooper Cup who was getting a lot of the attention Co- to the Rams. Cooper Cup helped him out a lot. Yeah. That, I like how suddenly Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham Sr. were the shining beacons of hope for Cleveland, and Baker ruined it. How dumb are we? Well, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. both were yeah. not. No, not they weren't. they were built to I be. Mean, Cleveland's not bringing Jarvis Landry back. For a reason. So, I thought that was a good point. If you're anti-Baker, you would read that and be like, yeah, see, no one came to his defense. Good. I'm glad he's gone. But you can look at it the other way and think, we had a quarterback that got sacked seven times, and they never helped on the guy that was supposed – maybe it was nine times. They never helped on the guy. And we kept throwing the football in a tight game. I mean, there's obvious things that would stand out that coaching was a problem too. But I had a fun weekend debating that. And can I ask one more question on this? When is the NFL going to act on Deshaun Watson? Are they ever? No, probably not. What are we doing? Also, by the way, in big story number three, there is some NFL news. Because we're going to have a week two Monday Night Football doubleheader. And you know what Thursday is? Thursday is the schedule release. Let's go. Nice. This week? This week, this Thursday. Oh, okay, cool. So we learned all the international games last week, um, the day after the draft. We learned that your Chiefs will play with the Chargers in the first Amazon-exclusive Thursday night game, which is week two. That's a pretty good game. That's a big one. Which means the big question is who will open the season on that Thursday night. Rams v. Denver with Russell Wilson's first game. Rams v. Bills? I don't think it's going to be Rams, Niners, or Rams, Raiders because I don't think the league wants to risk the the stadium being taken over by those fan bases, which would be hilarious on a banner-raising night that you've got either all red or all silver and black in the stadium booing. But we did learn the Monday night doubleheader. That would be great. I'd love it. The NFL will return to Buffalo on Monday night football for the first time, I want to say, since 98. They the, haven't been to Buffalo since 98? Yeah, when, when it's not the Patriots. When it's not the Patriots. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I forgot that disclaimer. I saw that on Ben Volan's piece. Um, Titans-Bills, Monday Night Football in Buffalo. The other part of the doubleheader, Eagles-Vikings. And it's kind of a weird doubleheader because the first game starts at 6.15 on ESPN, and then they'll boot the second game at 8.30 on ABC. That'll be great. So we'll get to see the Titans and A.J. Brown on um, – Oh, never mind. No, but not, guess what? Not a Titan anymore. You get to see AJ Brown later that night with the Eagles and the Vikings. I'm curious why they would put Bills Titans on ESPN and, and Eagles Vikings on ABC. I think it might be flipped a little bit, but what do I know? We'll learn more. I think there'll be more leaks as the week progresses. I I think Kansas City and Denver are going to be all over primetime broadcast this year, all over it. Um, I also I think Green Bay will be again. But and, and Dallas obviously AFC West will be well represented. You know what? So, All four teams will probably end up with this max <laughs> maximum number of primetime I, games as you can get. I would say there's a good chance. Yeah. Um, so that's big story number three. Now, big story number two. Number two. All about OU baseball. We haven't gone as in depth as we need to in big story number one. Number one. Number one. 
number one. It's all about OU softball. Now the 10-time, our 10 straight, 10-time defending Big 12 champs. There you go. 10 straight. So we'll talk about both the OU baseball huge series win this weekend and update the RPI when we come back, plus the schedule ahead for OU softball and Patty Gasso. It's Plank Show. I just almost played the wrong thing. That would have been hilarious. Welcome back into the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Hit some uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line has been on fire today. 405-651-3439. But you know what? I I haven't talked enough baseball today. That is a huge weekend for the Oklahoma Sooners and what they were able to do against TCU. Bouncing back. Big win. Um, afterwards, Toby Rowland caught up with Skip Johnson. It is over in Fort Worth. Sooners take the finale today, 5-1 to one the final. They win the series 2 out of 3. And I'm on the field with Sooners head coach Skip Johnson. Post-game interview brought to you by Brahms. Coach, great win today. Yeah, it was. I thought Cade really settled in. We got some runs early for him, which was really big. And it kind of kept him at bay, and he really got better as the game went. He is madder than hell at me for pulling him. But, <laughs> I mean, I can only go 75 pitches with him today, and I think that we're around that. And uh, uh, Carter came in. For, when he came in, he came in and attacked. And, and then it, when we ran him back out for that second inning, uh, for two and a, uh, another inning, he kind of just lost it. He got, got away from the mindset. But we, we grinded at bats out last two days, as best as I've seen we do in a long time. Trevin Michael, almost an identical situation to a week ago. Was there any doubt to go to him again today? No, I mean, he's one of our, he's the guy. I mean, he's the guy that we got to give the ball to late. We're all getting comfortable. We know he's going to throw strikes. We know he's going to pitch what the way he pitches and uh, uh, the work that he did this week was a lot different than the work he did last week and the attitude that he took into it was a lot different and it's about attitude a road series win over a team of this caliber what do you feel like it does for you oh it's, it's got to be good I mean we, we can't dwell on that we got to try to keep getting better and keep teaching and coaching I mean that's what it's about you know uh, had a heavy heart all day long my mom you know passed away two years ago but uh, uh, happy Mother's Day thank you Good stuff from Skip. So I haven't seen any updated projected brackets. But, Josh, from the RPI perspective, it's it looks like it's good news, good news, good news, right? They moved up to 30th. Is that right? 31. 31. Okay. Yep, they're looking good. TCU, you know, they to kind of give you an idea, TCU came into the weekend as a projected host for a regional. They were a 14 seed. Heading into the weekend. So you go on the road and you take two of three. That is massive. They dropped into where Oklahoma was at, spot number 36 oh. in the RPI. Oh. Wow. How about Oklahoma State's third? What happened? What What happened? Where's Texas at? Most recent. No, oh, Texas is falling on hard times, baby. Hard times. Woo! Dusty Rhodes. love it. Oklahoma had been most recently projected by College Sports Madness to be the two-seed in the Fayetteville Regional. How will Tennessee not win a national championship, do you think? I don't know. Injuries? It's incredible. It's incredible what they've done. 
So a big weekend coming up in the Big 12 on the baseball side of things. And uh, a drum that we're going to be beating all week long for Oklahoma and uh, specifically OU baseball is to get fans out. This is huge this weekend. Massive. Against a, a West Virginia team that I, I guess at one point last weekend was in that position where they were kind of they're battling with Oklahoma for a spot in the Big 12, right? And listen, Oklahoma clinched its spot in the Big 12 tournament, but West Virginia is right there battling Oklahoma for seeding. Sooners are 11-7 and seven in a tie with Texas Tech for third in the Big 12 right now. West Virginia is 10-8. and eight. By the way, Texas in Big 12 play is 11-10. and 10. So, boy, you've got a heck of a battle. That's I mean for that's that three not three seed right now. Not great, but that's really not all that bad. No, considering this league, you're right. O- Oklahoma State is third in the RPI nationally, right? Okay, Texas sixteenth, Oklahoma's thirty first, TCU thirty six. Hang on here. Go on, go ahead. You got this thing. By the way, Oklahoma State coming off not just its sweep of Texas, but then they were out of conference this week and throttled. Southeast Missouri State. That's going to be a big one tomorrow for the Pokes against Dallas Baptist. I thank you sincerely for filibustering. West Virginia's 39th. Texas Tech 47th. Baylor 73rd. And that, that's the Where's top Go seven. down for te- Kansas State. 100? 100. I mean, that's not – That's not bad. Not horrible for a team that's just 25 and 22. And Kansas, who is nine games under 500, is 146th nationally in the RPI, which, again – I mean, that's not all that bad for a team that's 20 and 29. Do you know what else you have that's interesting to me? Is you have a heck of a battle for the team that's going to miss the tournament. Between Kansas State, Baylor, and Kansas. And, oh, by the way, Kansas State plays Baylor this weekend. <laughs> uh, Kansas State 6-12, and 12, Baylor's 5-13, and 13, Kansas is 4-14. Four and 14. Kansas lost two of three this weekend to uh, Kansas State. Then they've got three against TCU before going to Texas for three. So Michigan State, right, just as a for instance, uh-huh. one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. They're 21-23 and 23 overall. Right. They're 162nd in the RPI. Kansas is nine games under 500, and they're like, what, 20 spots higher? Wow. It just goes to show you it, it really is all about who have you played – and when a conference is thought of the way the Big 12 is thought of right mm-hmm. now, and all of these schools are playing each other, non-conference schedules are good. Obviously, each game in conference is a really good challenge for Oklahoma. Just sets them up for success, and they're in a, a great spot at 31. This was a big series win for them to, to me, basically lock them up into an NCAA tournament bid. All right. 11-34. Let's get Patty when we get back. I played it a little bit earlier, but I I can't get enough of it. Just the her talking about her seniors from our pregame show on Cert Day. Because we made an agreement that we wouldn't talk about it postgame. Because we didn't need that. Oh did you hear what happened in my postgame on Friday night? The batteries on my wireless microphone died right Mid-interview? when we started. To- no, oh. right when we started talking to Patty. Oh. It was the greatest interview that no one ever heard. And you had no idea that you were off the air? No idea. None yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, because you don't really have a talk back. Right. Yeah. 
Though I think DJ Sanchez was standing at the broadcast booth waving. <laughs> quick, quick break. It's Plank Show. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Okay, what are you digging into some state playoff action here? Yes, we've got a doubleheader tomorrow. Normansports.tv. That's it. Ding, ding, ding. Locally on 1,400 and 99.3, or do nope. we not know? No, okay, we're just okay. streaming. Just streaming. I, and uh, I, it'll be Dylan Rivera and myself. This is the behind-the-scenes happenings that these processes that we, we need to have to create graphics and do – Make a stream possible. There's many things that happen that, well, they need to happen. <laughs> in order to, in order a lot to of things that need to happen that if they don't happen, we're not on the air. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> what time? So 6 p.m., it'll be Trevor LaFoon's bunch versus Union and then Norman North versus Jinx. How about that? They both get to host at Brian Young Memorial Field. Very cool. Very cool. All right. State semis. I hear that uh, the only way that – well, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but I don't think Trev's going to come back on with us for a while. You don't want to jinx anything? I don't want to jinx anything, Trevor. Or jinx, even though they're jinx. playing, <laughs> they're playing Dude, Union. It took me so long to not say jinx. It's Oklahoma jinx, 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 jinx. Jinx. Which, by the way, to our Tulsa listeners out there on 1430 The Buzz – Union Love fans, you. Jinx fans, you can tune in as well. NormanSports.tv. Oh, cool. It's, uh, I mean, obviously we're under the NormanSports.tv uh, stream, but look, it's not in. I mean, it's not a super biased broadcast. We will be unbiased. So for our Union and Jinx friends, feel free to tune in. The Big Twelve Championship is this week in softball. We are excited to be a part of it. Oklahoma will play at one o'clock on Friday against the winner of Iowa State Baylor. Here is what your Thursday first round looks like. Big 12 championship is now a single elimination tournament like most college postseason tournaments outside of the Women's College World Series and then how regionals and super regionals are set up. Conference tournaments are more like this. The Big 12 did it different because they excluded a team, so you'd have six teams that win. Pot of three, pot of three, boom. Two best teams play each other. Not going to happen this year. It feels like they tweak this every couple of years. Why is that? I don't know, Josh. The pool play was kind of cool. I liked it. Different. It was unique. It was something. And you guaranteed each team three games. Now, maybe that made some people mad. It's like, well, I don't play three games. Because you would play two games in your pool play. Then you'd play, if you wanted the championship game, you'd play the third place game. If you weren't in the third place game, you would play the fifth place game. Have you whatever. asked Coach yet which format she prefers? No, but that's a great question. I think she might prefer this one, but I'll, I'll ask work. her. Yeah, we'll get her on. 
I mean, obviously, South, you're getting ready for the regionals, and you want to win a Big Ten. Uh, Big, Big Ten. Everybody wants to win those, too. Sure. You want to win a Big 12 tournament championship, but it's kind of, you know, you get to this point where regionals, super regionals, the College World Series, same thing that we talk about outside of just the automatic bid for the men's and women's basketball tournaments. You're trying to advance in the NCAA tournament. The first game on Thursday is Iowa State and Baylor. Iowa State finishes fourth, which is its best finish ever in Big 12 play. So they'll play the 4-5 game on Thursday at noon. Oklahoma State and Kansas will play the 2-7 game at 3 o'clock on Thursday. And then at 6 p.m., Texas and Texas Tech in the 3-6 game. Then, if you lose, you're out. You're going home, baby. Then the semifinals, 1 o'clock on Friday, Oklahoma versus the winner of that Iowa State-Baylor game. Um, The OSU-Kansas winner versus the Texas-Texas Tech winner at 4. And then game 6 is the championship game. I don't know why I said game 6. Saturday at 2 o'clock is the championship game. Oklahoma, 10th straight Big 12 title. Pretty unbelievable. All right, um... I don't, I don't know. Can you talk about the series and game that ended in a tie this last weekend? Wait, what is that in college baseball or is that yeah, in college Yeah, specify soccer? for us. What, what, I don't know. Help me out. Someone had asked um, earlier. I was trying to find it whenever that just popped into my feed because I, am, I was at Charleston's and I was watching this play. Someone from the 580 hit us up on Twitter and writes, did you see the home run for Alabama – that clearly wasn't, and it won the game for them against Missouri. They looked at it, then said it wasn't reviewable. Yeah, that, that's what I thought the whole time whenever I was watching the replay of it in, in Charleston's out on their patio, which really isn't a patio, but I, listen, the food's good. I don't care. But Alabama and Missouri were playing a rubber game. I mean, Alabama had lost the first game, won the second. And there is a bomb by the the praying girl to left field. And the Missouri, it's have you seen the video of it yet, Josh? The Alabama home run that ended up winning the game that shouldn't have been. If if you haven't seen the video, the star of the video is the Alabama fan who's sitting in the outfield and starts celebrating. And then as he's as he's jumping up and down to celebrate, he puts his hands on his head. In frustration because he thought she took back the home run. Oh, really? And she had. The Missouri left fielder goes up. Oh, I think this is it. Yeah. No, no, no. That's from yeah, yeah, that's it. Watch. See the dude celebrating? She had she went up and she he tipped the ball with her glove, and when the ball came down, it hit the top of the wall and came back. So they went to review it. And when they reviewed it, they came back and they're like, yeah, we can't review that. <laughs> that was my understanding, which was dumb. Why would you waste all our time only to come back and say, hey, we can't review that because by the letter of what is and isn't reviewable, this sounds crazy, that wasn't reviewable. But by watch. rule, it should have been in play. Well, because- I, watch. I think that they called home run too fast is what happened. The camera work on this is incredible. Like, you see that angle. You're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because it's off, the, now off the glove, off the top, top of, the of the wall. wall. The guy called home run too quick. Here's the angle. This is great for live radio listeners. 
Girl goes up, uses the wall, makes a great play, hits the glove. Alabama fan celebrates. <laughs> then he watches it hit off the top of the wall. Then he's like, oh, no, it's not a home run. Meanwhile, the third base umpire is calling it a home run. The classic part of it is they show the replay, and they have the ISO cam on the left fielder whenever the umpires come out and, and confirm home run call. And in her mouth, she goes, you've got to be kidding me. It was great, but a terrible officiating moment. Yeah, no doubt. And it really could have been much more simplistic if she had just, you know, made Caught that it. home run saving hey, catch. listen, why don't you go up and catch it next time? And it that's won't cool be they issue. have that seating right there, though. That's a – I mean, that's a nice little outfield – what is that, a patio? Oh, yeah, it's a little perch out there in left field. I've never been – 2015 we played at Alabama – in the Super Regionals, I haven't ever been out there, but I hear it's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. So the tie he was talking about was what? Louisville and Wake Forest in baseball? Yeah. Yeah, Louisville ties Wake Forest. It was the series rubber match. The Cardinals' first tie in over two decades, 5-5. Five to five. So I guess they must have uh, – no. yeah, no inning could be started after 4.45 p.m. The contest ended up going 12 innings with no scoring and extras, and so as a result – they they didn't keep playing. Huh. They'd had rain problems all weekend long. So they just decided, hey, listen, we'll start this at one. You guys have to get back to campus at Louisville. I don't know if they – I would hope that they were flying. I'd hate to have to bust that, right? I get it. Travel restrictions, you know, it kind of is what it is. But it's weird that it happens in conference, right? Usually in conference you find a way. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer there to be no travel restrictions and you – play until there's a winner but we do have to keep in mind that believe it or not these are student athletes and travel restrictions are there to again not totally tax these players and their their families uh their lives yeah they're trying to be students too yeah um from the 918 who will be fox's go-to team for broadcasts well um they've already named the play-by-play guy kevin i don't know why burkhart Kevin Burkhart's their play-by-play guy. And there's rumors of a potential three-man booth with, like, Burkhart, Olsen, and Sean Payton. I – to me, I loved, I loved Aikman and Buck, and it just gives a better feel to the game. But I never felt like when I heard Kevin Burkhart call a game it was a drop-off. Or anyone. I, I just – I think – I think Fox has the best play-by-play guy roster top to bottom for football. I think CBS is a major distant second. And you had Kevin Kugler to that mix now, too. That's pretty awesome. Gus Johnson, when he calls a handful of games, I like him. But, yeah, I, they haven't made it official yet. Because the announcement of the doubleheader, the first Monday Night Football doubleheader, which is in week two now, the announcement of that was made by Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, which was kind of their first true real public appearance as a duo since they left Fox. I don't feel like I'm qualified to evaluate the broadcasters anymore because Kansas City's always on in prime time. <laughs> or in, like, the number one window. So I've, I've got a pretty the best good of the best. Right, I've got a pretty good opinion on those guys, but everybody else is kind of yeah. like, who knows? Who knows? All right, quick break. We're back to wrap up the Plank Show next.
when I wake up, Name that television show. Why is it not jumping off the top of my mind here? My mind's kind of a sieve right now. What was it? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I never watched. I never watched. That was never my thing. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I mean, it, it, anymore, if you don't say something's the greatest, then it's like, oh, so you hate it. It sucks. Like, no, no, I just... Well, How I Met Your Mother's good. It would not be in the category of, say, a Seinfeld for me. Right. Would Curb it your be... enthusiasm, it's not as good as that. Knowing my three TV show, actually a four TV ro- show rotation of... Um, South Park. South Park, <laughs> Family Guy, yeah. Rick and Morty, and Always Sunny. See, you and I like the same <laughs> stuff, though. <laughs> We're... We this is not some on air shtick. Either. No, it's the Plank same. Frank and I genuinely enjoy the this same is, show. This is no BS. Every night after the games are over, I, I'm not really a big sports center guy. Uh, if, we're, if I'm doing a show, I'll have it on. But it's either a Rick and Morty, a South Park, and always sunny that I fall asleep with the dogs on the couch too. But uh, I met your mother. Hey, uh, I, I had one thing to add before we get out of here, and it's very important. Happy birthday to the first lady of Sooner Hitting, Andrea Gasso, JT's wife, Champ and Gracie's mom. What a what a twofer, right? Mother's Day on Sunday? Birthday on Monday? Let's go. So happy birthday, Pickles. I hope you have an incredible day. We've got a big show coming up tomorrow. I am... We did a lot of softball on the program today, but we owe you some real, true, in-depth NIL discussions and truly understanding where it's going, where it's headed, and what's next. So we we might get us a couple of experts in here on the show tomorrow to go in-depth because, honestly, Josh Helmer, I'm fascinated by it. Do you have to delete every text message after the show now? Is that a new rule? No, I just ah. find it to be a kind thing to do. Oh, look at you. For... Parker. Thank you guys. All the great texts. We, Josh and I were joking. Like, I feel like we found something with this whole texting to the show last week. You guys are great. Sports text 1400. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone have a great rest of your Monday. Thune, uh, Steel Man and Thune at noon coming up next with a lot of crew news on the Home of Sooner fans. You go.